Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast for free thinkers. I'm Robbie Hicks. And I'm Lockie Bradford. And on today's episode, we're speaking to comedian Luke Heggie. And i got to tell you, this guy's a funny cat. We watched a few YouTube videos before this chat and I had a good chuckle. I had a good old lull, I had a ruffle. I had uh, all the things you could have. And he's, he's my type of comedian, you know what I mean? He's uh, pushing the boundaries, the, his style and the way he does things is just super cool. And to hear his story and all that good shit, it's just another banging episode. Oh, it's just your eyes lit up when we get to talk about the dark humor, dark comedy, and it just just makes me it just makes me feel good sometimes. Anyway, enjoy the app. Luke, thank you so much for joining us today on the Funny Business Podcast. For those at home listening, tell us who are you and what do you do. I uh, am Luke Heggie. I'm a Sydney-based comedian and um, just all round top bloke. I don't know. I don't know how to describe describe myself. I, I do. Uh, I'm a stand up comedian, live stand up act. Uh, with not much else in terms of skills. And that's well, me. You're a podcaster too, aren't you? Oh, I'm a podcast. Well, that's not really a skill, is it? You well, know, I tell, I tell everyone it. it's a skill. I tell everyone it's a skill. That's, that's all we've got, Luke. That's all we've got. Oh, they're, 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 yeah. They don't just let any old bastard get a podcast these days, do they? <laughs> nah. No, you can't just, process. You can't just upload it yourself. No, you can't. Yeah. Hey, we're doing some research before this chat. We're watching one of your sets back from 2019 talking about childbirth is hard for men. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I recently became a dad and I, I thought I'd kick off a bit of a story for you. Is yeah, go my on. wife had a pretty nasty, um, a nasty birth where she was in hospital for a while. But anyway, I remember getting back to the room just after we had our baby girl Matilda and I was just stoked to take my shoes off. And I was like, oh, fucking so, so stoked to be back in the room. My feet are absolutely fucking killing me. And I had all the midwives and my wife look at me and be like, as if I wasn't allowed to have any feelings or emotion. Like I didn't ex- ex- yeah. exist anymore. I still had sore feet. You know, I know you've been through <laughs> something, but I have sore oh. feet. Yeah, it's the it's they've got it on you, don't they? You can't say a thing. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Childbirth hurts. That doesn't mean a brick falling on my head didn't fucking hurt. Like you know, you. <laughs> <laughs> but it is hard for men. Uh, getting back to the original point, you know, I found myself during my wife's labour. It was was a bit of a nasty one as well. I got really hungry, and I thought, no, I got to say something here. I'm just hungry. I should have packed more sandwiches. So. That's my tip for men. Just uh, look after yourself during the whole process because it's about you. <laughs> oh, well, let's get into it because big, big fans are yours. And I like the fact, I like dark comedy, I like dark humor, and I like the things that you touch on. When, when you're structuring up a set and thinking of material for a new show and stuff, do you look at the way the world's trending and your sort of current take on it or stories about friends or things that you've seen, like observational sort of stuff, like... How do you go about like absorbing all that and then putting all that, creating like a, a funny skit or a set? Um, I just constantly thinking of things that annoy me. And um, if it happens to involve a, a wider scope of a, an issue, then all the better. But if not, it's just something that annoys me. But um, you know, often it'll be my latest one's voluntary victimhood. I can't stand that. And so you can sort of weave around that topic a fair bit with examples and saying things that have pissed you off and people just you know, clambering to be a victim is uh it's a weird one it's a weird time to be alive in that respect so that's the one that's probably causing me a bit of grief at the moment well can you give us an example what's an example oh just just melbourne you know just everyone's um <laughs> <laughs> they're just a bit soft um just just sort of making it about themselves um make a tragedy about you make everything about you is a is the thing and it's not not a new concept but it is certainly rife how it relates back to everyone and how it impacts them. It's always, we talk about that all the time when people just project their emotions onto you or how it affects them. And you're just like, 
oh, yeah. sort of everyone the same, bro. You know, yeah, everyone just... loves a whinge. I mean, I'm yeah. getting paid to whinge now, but it's um, it's yeah, it's a it's a pretty good Aussie pastime having a whinge. I think we've got the Brits covered. What about the like towing the line of of where is the line in what you do? Like dark humor, like is, is is when you touch on it, like finding things that offend people. Is that when no when like if you've done something and you can see someone's offended, is that when you know you've done a good job? Like how, oh, how do you know like what's a pass or a fail? Yeah, I don't. I've never set out to try and offend. It's just a side effect. I've, I don't. I'm not a shock comic. There are some around. Some of them very good. But if you if you're setting out to just do that, it's a very different sort of thing. I just want to say what I want to say and see what happens. And uh, there's certainly parts of my new show now that, you know, not getting groans, but you know, some sectors of the crowd are not into it. I've got an M30 plus sign on my poster. So um, that usually cuts out a lot of the, the softies. But um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's not something I ever said. I want people to have a good time. I'm still there, you know, for people to have a laugh. But if, you know, if the side effect of that is that you've, you're one of those people that has to agree with everything that gets said on stage, then I'm not for you. Yeah, what about early doors? What about early doors when you go and you're, you know, you're this style and you might get booked for a PG sort of stuff or a setup? Oh. Is, it, is it hard when you're like, oh, this is my act and I, I need to be like this? Oh, that's what I, yeah, it's still yeah. hard. It's, yeah. it's excruciating. Like I, I sometimes get booked for a corporate or something. And when I get booked, I'm going, are you sure? Because there's so many other comedians you could get who wear jackets and just say nice things. This is my act. Have a look on YouTube. And if you still want me to come, I will. But, you know, it's 99 times out of 100 going to go badly. So take what you're given. I just don't, I'm not malleable as an act. I'll just take, you know, stand there, take my medicine if it's going badly. I'm not going to start yelling or, or trying to make people like me. Fuck them. Oh, I love that. What about uh, structuring or, or uh, creating your style, the flow mm. and how you want to do it? Like, was there any inspirations? Was there anyone you saw that you looked up to that was just like, I like the way they go about it, like the delivery? the way they um, time it and all that sort of stuff? Not really. I think I think you sort of absorb a bit of that from the live scene. I'm, I'm out all the time, probably six, seven nights a week. I'll be out gigging. So maybe, you know, unintentionally. I try not to watch too much stand-up because you don't want to take on someone else's jokes as well as their shtick. Like a lot of young blokes fall into that um, category and a lot less with women. But young blokes, 20 years old, they'll just take a famous guy's shtick straight away and that's them. Then you think, oh, man get your own personality. I don't know. So it's not that wise to watch too much and try to imitate it. But then if you're 20, I didn't start when I was 20 years old. So I was a dickhead. I probably would have done the same thing. So it's almost, yeah, yeah, you go right. How did you get into it? What was the, when did you realize that you you wanted to do this for a living? Uh, I signed up for a competition when I was 35. Just went, no, give it a go. And that's, I thought. No fucking way. Just one night doing it and then did it, went well, kept going. Really? Yeah, I didn't. Just, I never intended on it. I'd never touched a microphone until then. It's not like a. I wasn't a born to entertain type, you know, a Stedford winner, all that shit. I just did it. I don't know. Did friends think you were funny though? Did people like, oh, you're you're funny, dude? Oh, not really. No, I don't know. I don't think so. I'm just not even the funniest guy in my family. Like it's you know just it's work. It's a very different thing. Like clown, like the clown at work is not going to be a good stand-up as a general rule it's more mm. someone who's willing to do the work write good jokes go out take it in the face nightly until it's good and then put a show together so it's excruciating what about learning that skill you've gone you've gone in you've, you've entered a competition 
you've done all right. It's now you've, you're out gigging, you're learning what it's like to be up there doing that. Was that a new skill? Was it like something you oh, had to absolutely. be intimidating? Absolutely. I absolutely shit myself first first year or so. I was like, oh man, this is a mistake. I don't know why. I got encouraged a bit. My wife was very encouraging, which is nice. Um, first few gigs went great. I thought, oh, this is easy. But then, of course, it went downhill after that. I'm sure Anderson talks about it too. Like it's easy first off. You know, you're fresh, you're new. Everyone's like, oh, this is never heard this before. They're all laughing hard. But then, they'll, you know, you go downhill really quick. And it's the same with a new joke or a new bit. First time's usually pretty good. And then um, second time, terrible. You've got to bring it back to the original high. So, yeah, it did take a long, many years. I mean, I'm still trying to get better now. I'm sort of 12 years in now. But um, it's, it's, it's a long process. Well, when, when it comes, when you have an idea for a joke or when do you write it down and then how quickly do you test it to the, to a new audience or a fresh, you know, uh, depends how quickly I need more material. I, I often just keep a lot of notes in the phone or on bits of paper, that sort of thing, go through it once a month, maybe, and try to collate it into something legible. Most of it's terrible. Or it's just most of my notes end with, you know, fucking bastards or something like just, it's just something that's <laughs> something you don't like. And then, uh, later on, try to make it into something palatable and a bit more like a joke so it's, it, that's a long process too what were you doing before it uh all sorts of jobs i mean i've i've traveled a fair bit i've had lots of different jobs i was like a deckhand on some boats i've been since being a comedian i've been a builder's laborer but um i quit that every year to do to do festivals and then go crawling back asking for a job later on but i haven't done that for about six months now and i'm hoping that sticks but you never know i'll um have to go and dig the boots out of the bin and go back in a few months, maybe. I don't know. Must have been a bit of a weird time with COVID and and gigs being a regular part of your life. How mm. was how was that time frame? I was all right. I mean, you know, I just went back and got a job because I'm not a useless loser. But a lot of them had to stay home and have a massive whinge. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I just got busy. I, I had I was so busy. I didn't have time. There were kids at home being homeschooled and I was working all day and it's just I didn't have time to think about it really but I didn't get creative not at all like I didn't do anything I did a podcast and that was good keep things going but in terms of stand-up you can't I mean some may but I, I can't just sit at home and write a show and not test it like I have to be out there most nights trying new bits and seeing how it goes because got, you got no idea looking at it on paper as to how it's going to go when you start saying it well, was it good to then just chill out and not get creative for a, for a little bit after spending all your due? I'm, I'm tipping you get a bit of catch a bit of wind, you get that sort of motivation where it's like, damn, this is crazy. You know what I mean? Like I'm catching fire. The last thing I want to do is stop. Yeah. But when you when you have that sort of forced upon you, it must be like glad to, to freshen up the head and, and get into it again. Yeah, when it first came out, COVID, I, I wasn't that bad with it. I, I didn't mind it. I was just working. We were surviving money-wise. Mm-hmm. And um, well, it was actually quite good to have a break. It was the sort of staccato beginnings, like you're back on and then there's another lockdown. You're back on again. You're like, oh, cool. And then there's another lockdown. So that was that was annoying. But the original one, that was all right. It's fine to have a six months or nine months off. It's not bad for you. I like not having to see people. It was like not a, it was not, I didn't have to be rude anymore. It's like, I reckon hey, that's here to stay. It's good, isn't it? Hey, I was, sorry, no, I can't come. Why? Yeah. I've got no reason. Just can't. Yeah. <laughs> good reason to drop off you know what i mean good reason yeah i think socially it's been I, like it affected the youth much more than me yeah. like it would be a horrible time to be alive if you're you know wanting to go to your prom or you're, you're at uni you know best sort of 
harder years of your life and you can't. So it didn't, you know, selfishly, it wasn't that bad for us. We're just a family sitting around anyway. So it wasn't too bad. Have you always been someone to like put themselves out there in terms of you mentioned you had different jobs and stuff. Were you just like, I just want to try new experiences, try new things and just see what I don't like kind of thing. And, and just yeah, see. I mean, I spent my whole life just doing stuff I don't like and I don't last that long at it and move on to something else I don't like. And mm. I, I thought comedy would be another one of those, but it's, it's the longest I've ever done anything by a very, very long way. So um, I'm sticking with it, see how I go. But, you know, I could get booted out one day. I don't know. What about... What Oh, sorry. No, go on. No, what about the business around it and all the different opportunities now? Like, because we had Ursula Carlson on as well, and she's doing the project and all these other awesome things. Like, does does being a comedian now nowadays have more opportunities to lean into different things to showcase different creative like thoughts? I suppose. Um, I don't know. I've never really been privy to too much of that. I, I just sort of I think it's more your own doing. If you want to start a TikTok account and do some funny videos or whatever, if that's your thing, then do that and that's some young tackers are doing that and having great success people are starting to come into their live shows but um i've always just concentrated on stand-up so i've never had much other stuff going on it's only now that i'm starting to be able to sell enough tickets to sustain the family um and that's after 10 years of of shows so it was it's it's i don't know i've never put that much effort into the business side of things i just always sort of had the opinion if you create all the time you work hard money will follow later hasn't happened but <laughs> maybe it will <laughs> who knows hey what makes that. a good set what, what do you think makes a good stand-up comedy or like if you're watching someone else what, what are yeah. the things that you're looking for uh something no not not a shtick that no one else is doing not crazy stuff but something no one else is doing or something like a, a new take on an issue that you know, we've all thought of, but never thought of that particular thing. It's brilliant. Like to see a good new joke of someone. So there's a few comedians around that like the whole room will stop. Like up the back, comedians just chat the whole time. Don't give a shit about each other's things. But um, there's a few comics around that you all stop and listen when they're on. And that's that's usually a pretty good set. Even if they're not going that well with the public, um, we tend to have a different criteria of what's good and what's not. But um, that's that's the joy I get out of watching other comics. They've got a good joke, great. Like that's a you know, but as far as putting a full set together, that's different. That's hard work, structure, and all that sort of business. Yeah, are you are you when you're in mind? Are you like thinking, oh, that like obviously the punchline's there? Do you? It's like when I think about like music. It's like in a set, some bands play the slow songs. It's like people need to take a piss. You know what I mean? Like you can't just play all the bangers straight up and just have two minute fucking power yeah. chord song you know what i mean like you have to fucking pace yourself kind of thing yeah 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 it's, i don't know i think i'd like to not have to think about that but yeah you do have to think about the audience they don't like people sit there and listen to me for an hour or anyone for an hour that's a big commitment and if i didn't like it i'd walk out but they often don't like people will stay for the whole thing because they're polite or i don't know it's um i don't d- deliberately have slow bits or anything but obviously not everything's going to hit as well as your best joke. So just take what you're given. What about hecklers? Like, can that interrupt flow in terms of memory oh. and patterns and stuff when someone's just like going and you're like, fuck, I need to get this oh, out. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm fairly word-based in my act. I'll just write it, try to memorize it and, and say it pretty much the same way most nights, a little bit different. But um, yeah, I, last night I had people getting up out of the front row and walking across the stage to go to the bar and stuff and not heckling, but just Distracting. Idiots just idiots and you think oh 
trying to remember the next bit and you sort of throws you out a bit but i don't really i go at pace it doesn't invite heckling if it is it's usually fairly mean-spirited towards me so i've got to fight them but i i don't like it not my thing yeah like jimmy carr and others you see that they embrace it that's pretty much their act you know what i mean but like i feel like i'm for me i'll be like i'm i if i get distracted by one thing i'll be like what the fuck where i need to like refocus yeah. and recenter so something like that to happen out of the yeah it, t- it takes a lot of experience too and i've yeah. never bothered working with it so i don't even i don't talk to the crowd don't even really like people so i just sort of want yeah. them to sit there and listen to my act enjoy it or not but i can't do anything about that but, yeah uh, i'm not gonna ask people their names and stuff yeah fuck just, just listen or fuck off is that is that <laughs> pretty much that should be the name of my show <laughs> <laughs> what about some of the topics that you've covered over the years that you reckon that have like what have been some good bits or some interesting topics that you've you've put your spin on over the last few years? Um, a couple of years ago, I had this bit that like in Melbourne, people were walking out on, but not not in droves. Like probably every couple of nights, there'd be a couple of people walk out. But um, I was, I mean, I'm sure according to them, I was trivialising mental illness, but it was more about people blaming the black dog for shit that they themselves have clearly done. And it mm-hmm. was... Um, yeah, it was pre- it's pretty mean, I suppose, but it was funny. So I was like, oh, that, that's the point of that. It's not, I'm not trying to say, you know, if you're mentally ill, you're an idiot or anything. I don't care. Like, obviously, it exists, but I was uh, just saying how popular mental illness is and handy way to get out of work. You know, Black Dog was at the bar one night and bashed a bloke and I got kicked out for it. Just like stuff like that, like blaming anything yeah. but yourself for your behavior. So that was the point of the bit, but people either missed it or it was too close to home and they just thought, nah, not having that. So that was something I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy people not having a good time. That's not me, but I mean, that's, you can't change that and you've got to accept it. Some people, people don't it. want to take accountability anymore for their own actions. Is that a thing? Yeah. They want, the skate, they want the easy way out, mental health. Huge issue. Man, I don't know if you watch rugby league, but every single one of them, they get caught doing something grubby press conference. It's like, oh, yeah, I've been in the, you know, been in the, I got the blues a bit lately. I've been struggling mentally. No, you haven't. You're just a grub. Just want to go and punch someone. That's you know, crazy. Are you getting a fight after a night out in the gear, mate? You know, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not not many of them will ever come forward and say, yeah, you know, I've, I've fucked up and that was me. They're always blaming the black dog for it. When you have them sort of interesting takes and, uh, and then it gains momentum, like bits like YouTube views and all that sort of stuff. When you're like your YouTube channel, for example, are you someone to keep a close eye on sort of what hits online as well as the stand-up shows and all that sort of stuff to see no, what resonates? No, not really. I mean, I was uploading them for a while and then I've, I've recorded a couple of shows since those clips and I haven't put any up yet. I'll just give it a break for a bit. I use little clips to promo stuff on social media, clips of stand-up, but I don't want to flood the thing. Like there's enough on there of me. People get the idea and they can come or not. But I'll sell albums as well. I don't want everything on there. So yeah, that's I what know. I was thinking. Yeah, how do you balance that up with what you want out there that for free to get people to go, fuck, I can't wait to go see the show. Yeah. So then let's you go there to the show and it's like all this new stuff that you haven't seen. Yeah. I don't I'm sort of conscious of having I don't have too much there. There is a lot there of me at the moment. I should take some down. But like um, yeah, I don't want things that are in my current show on tv or youtube so that's a conscious decision too because people are less forgiving of that they're fine with musicians but they won't forgive it in a comedian if they've already heard a joke so whereas they demand their favorite songs from a musician so that is weird isn't it i never thought of that so people come to show they don't want to hear anything you've done before i heard they'll be not interested 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so if you go to back to the same place you've done in like a six month or it could be like somewhere close, you go, fuck, I need to rehash some really old ones or completely new ones yeah. where it's just like mix it up. Oh, I'm always thinking of that, thinking of like each couple of years, I try to ditch a headline set and have a new one going. So if I'm touring regional, you know, what did I do? When was I last here? And I was doing this exact sort of set in that period. So try to change it. But then I probably think about it too much. Some people don't care, do the same set for 20 years and absolutely kill with it. So I'll probably give crowds a bit much credit for remembering stuff. But then if you've got a long bit that's quite intricate, they're going to remember that. And I don't know. It's, it's a weird one. What about being on the road and gigging? Like, is that a is that something that you enjoy doing? Going out and like exploring and seeing new places and meeting new people. Like you said, you don't want to talk to people, but I feel like it's a, it's an interesting thing about being all over Australia and seeing the seeing what everyone's like. Man, that's great. That's one of the you know great fringe benefits of being a touring act is to go and check out places you would genuinely never go if it weren't for this. Like unless you're a great nomad or something, you're not going to these tiny little towns that i end up in sometimes so yeah it's i love that it's great and i do talk to people just not during my show um but yeah i enjoy that a lot i love country pubs and the and the people you meet and they'll take you in and, and genuinely since country towns have been privy to things like netflix they're a lot more educated with comedy and that it's not always you know not not even five years ago i'd go to these places and they go you're not fucking roddy rude mate you suck and that was the general attitude or, you know, they want Carl Barron or someone they're very familiar with. But now it's changed a bit with podcasts and with, uh, you know, streaming services. People have watched more stand-up and they're a bit more into it, which is good. What about setting goals, like, as a comedian and, and the career? And, like, do you, do you have, like, the three-year, five-year, ten-year? Or is it, like, just whatever's next, the next project that's coming out? Like, this is the show that I'm doing for this amount of time, take a break and then do another one after that? Or... How, how do you set that up for yourself? Well, I, I mean, the, the festivals are a yearly thing. So that rolls around pretty quickly. And I just try to write an hour show for that, which is just about full-time work if you want it to be good. Mm. Um, beyond that, I don't, I've never been a business-minded kind of bloke. And I don't think you'll find too many comics who are. The ones who are incredibly successful. But um, the rest of us are a bunch of losers who just think, no, nah, i just do what I can and see what happens. Um, and I'm very much like that. I don't have ambitions to be rich or anything. I just want to create nice, good shows and see how I go. Is you, are we always interested in, in like creating? Like as a, as a kid growing up, did you like people who were creators or like whether they were in the entertainment space? Is that something that you looked up to? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've always appreciated the arts more than any other sector and um, probably, you know, literature more so than comedy. I never thought about comedy until I started. Um, probably only ever been to a couple of gigs before I started doing it. Uh, but more the literary side of it. And I, I used to do a lot of reading well before kids like that puts the good luck getting a book in now, mate. Um, it's, it's just no time for that. But uh, yeah, the words, the words thing's always been my, my, um, my love, I think. Hey, we, we've talked about it before, but we're just on the back end of on, end of COVID, and it feels like there's some weird shit going on in the world. You know, we've got war break, World War Three breaking out over in Ukraine. We're coming off the back of pa- a pandemic, but still, no one could tell me where it came from. I, I just want to know something. But there's weird things going on everywhere, left, right, and center. What are some of your takes, your uh, hot takes on the state of the world at the moment? 
Oh, I mean, in Australia, where we live and, you know, we'll be staying for the foreseeable future, um, you know, dobbers, I suppose. Larrikinism's dead. Everyone's having a good dob and uh, yes. getting rewarded for dobbing. We used to flush their heads and now we're sort of telling them their legends for dobbing and uh, goes right through to adulthood. Everyone curt and twitching, dobbing on neighbours, dobbing on people. It's um, become a very satisfying habit, which I certainly don't like, but it's there and it looks like it's there to stay. The neighbourhood watch. Yeah, you know, the neighbourhood watch is out in force. Hey, there's a party yeah. going on. Let's 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 crash that party and uh, let's yeah. ruin it for them. Let's get it shut down. Yeah, it's that sort of thing, and it's not just it's not any it's not cranky old people anymore. It's everyone. Everyone's on it. Remember just, uh, um, Randall from Recess? Remember that cartoon? The Dobber? He used to dob on everyone. It's just, oh, yeah? yeah. Got to suss that out, I'm telling you. Yeah, right. <laughs> old old school cartoon, Luke. Like yeah, righto. Crazy. Give it a go. But yeah, everyone's having a dob. And, uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit yucky, isn't it? It's gross. Like it's yeah. not the, yeah, it's not the traditional, what we think about ourselves as easygoing, you know, mateship, look out for each other. Like, nah, fuck this. I didn't get a, I didn't get something for free. He shouldn't get it either. Why are they having a party? I'll dob on them. That's pretty good. <laughs> I love it. Hey, heaps normal question, Rob. Hey, well, hey, we, we're a big. We're all big fans of heaps normal mm. today. So you, you should probably get this one right. Then is uh, okay. what? What is your version of heaps normal? Uh, what's the thing that you turn to when you're looking to get some energy back in your life? Oh, I thought you were gonna give me an actual like a trivia question. How much percent alcohol? That sort of thing. Um, <laughs> that I could get right. Uh, man, I, I, I don't meditate or any of that sort of business. I just, I just try and sleep and, uh, I've tried meditation, but you gotta, you know, people are sitting there with their legs crossed like a bunch of kindy kids who've never done a day's work in their lives. I can't do that. So, um, I've never tried anything, you know, spiritual or, uh, probably a bit of time on your own and just, I, the only way I relax is sleeping. I could sleep now. I could just put my head on this table and have a sleep right now. Like, as you'll be in that yourself for some years now, Rob. But um, like, if you can't just go to sleep, you've you know something's wrong, guilty conscience, that sort of thing. But um, relaxing, I've never bothered with it. Just go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> I don't mind that. I am I am feeling a bit low on sleep at the moment, so I'm glad that there's uh, not much sleep on the horizon for me after yeah. hearing that. Yeah. Well, hey, you should have seen Rob beforehand. He was like bragging that he was getting these twelve hour sleeps. He's going to bed at seven thirty, waking up yeah. at like eight. Oh. That's what I liked I my sleep, Luke. I loved my sleep before um, before Matilda was born. That was my thing. I exactly the same. Head on the pillow, I'm out. Fucking see you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. That's probably twenty years till you get another one of them. I um, I remember when our first one was born. Though she slept so much. Like, what are people talking about? This is the best, easiest thing. That they're a bunch of whingers. Like my kid sleeps about eighteen hours per day. This is fantastic. Afternoon nap, sleep through the night, but it changes. Like one. You know, one little thing happens and you're buggered. That's it. No sleep for five years. We had that at the start. Matilda was sleeping. And I was like, I don't want to say much because I'm here. All these other parents going, how much, how much of a hard time they're having. I'm like, I don't want to brag, but I'm sleeping at the moment. And then yeah. now, no. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but hey, what's uh, we're early in in 2022. What's on for the rest of the year? Oh. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I mean, right in the middle of festivals as we speak. So that's very busy. Uh, I'm going to France middle of the year for a holiday. First time overseas in a few years, which would be nice. Um, and uh, after that, just touring, I think. I've got my calendar's pretty 
empty. I'm just hoping it gets filled up somehow. <laughs> Hopefully not with builders laboring because it's a punish. <laughs> but I think I can do enough touring to survive. Hey, if people want to come and see you, where do they where do they find when 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 are you on? Where where do they find tickets? Uh, LukeHeggy.com has got everything there. It's got uh, yeah, podcast Midflight Brawl. I do with Nick Cody. There's details on there, and um, all the tour dates are on there as well. So get into it, mate. Thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, uh, for me. Love your stuff. Can't wait to check out your show in Melbourne. And uh, yeah, unreal. Cheers, lads. Thanks very much. Luke Heggie, I've got to tell you, he's probably my favourite comedian at the moment. Number one. Blowing up too. People everywhere. Just shows left, right and centre. It's hard being the king sometimes, isn't it? Hey, if you're new to the pod, we drop guest episodes Monday, Thursday. Snacks pods come hot Tuesday, Wednesday. Hot or not drops Friday. See you tomorrow. Bye. This has been a Wellbeing Network podcast. (laughs) 